you have to first feel comfortable with that foundation so that you can eventually play the music that's your own. So it needs to be an expression of your own because, mm. you know, even if we're playing the same guitar, the sound that is going to come out of that guitar is going to be different when I play it compared to when you play it. And likewise, that's how I view movement. And so we're all different. You know, coming back to actually looking at health span, um, what we were talking about earlier is a big thing is finding what works for you. Mm-hmm. And and really, to be honest, cutting out all of the other stuff that's not working for you. Just because someone tells you that you should be doing something doesn't actually mean that it's going to be good for you. So true. Welcome back to Tapatio Loading Season 3. I am so stoked and more than anything, I am so super honored to have my guest Ryan Hurst open this season. It really is that big a deal for me. For the longest time, I've been on the lookout for an expert who can help me bridge that gap between the parallel universes that seem to be the worlds of fitness and music. I grew up in an era where musicians were programmed to romanticize a certain sense of rock and roll, where basically messing around with your health was uh, looked upon as a war scar of sorts. It was supposed to be the mark of a true artist, your health being collateral damage to the passion you invest in your art. Now, needless to say, that paradigm's over. As a musicpreneur, an independent artist, compromising on your health, and it is pretty evident to see that most of us are at pretty much a loss as to how to combine these two worlds, because it's one thing to want to get fit, but there are so many vague concepts about this one. And secondly, for musicians, it's not as black and white. Because you're kind of an athlete in the first place. Anyone who's spent hours and years practicing the instrument will know exactly what I'm talking about. Which is why, so when I ran into Ryan, and I've been an admirer of his work for a while now, it was no surprise to find out that he was um, a musician as well. He is quite humble about it, but he actually uh, had a working band, a gigging band in Japan, Osaka, which he talks about, and that's actually how he met his wife. And uh, at some point I saw a guitar in one of his posts and I knew at that very moment this was my man to help me nail this issue, nail this theme. And uh, he did not disappoint. So mad respect, Ryan, and mad gratitude for coming on to this show and help me address this theme which I've been so passionate about for a while now. Enjoy the show. Take notes. If you're a musician or an artist, or even if you're not, if you're just looking to up your fitness game and I want to do about do it in a holistic fashion, take notes or go back. If there's one cast you, you really want to listen back to, this is the one. Well, there are others, but this is one podcast I would highly recommend you go back and rewind. It's a long one, uh, but it's worth your time, I promise you. And while we're at it, this would be a good time to remind you that we are a completely independent production. I say we, but it's just me. I'm a one-man show. I invest about 20 to 30 hours per episode, which is why the releases seem to be a little sporadic at times. So point being, if you want to support us, please go follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a review and um, and do remember I'm doing this because I'm really passionate about you getting the best you can. There's also a good time to let you know that these episodes are sponsored by my current beta business ventures, which are the holistic pianoacademy.com and my freelance writing business, which is tlwrites.com. 
Hello fellow beings, welcome to Tapasya Loading, a safe space to attempt honest, raw and authentic conversation in homage to the ancient act of stoking a sacred fire. <laughs> Excellent. We are officially on tape, so to speak. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How about you? Where are you right now? Uh, I am right now in India. I've come to visit my parents, but I'm uh, usually based in Germany. Okay, I was wondering about that. Yeah, in India. Wow, that's really cool. That is one place I have not been to. I would love to go someday. So, yeah, someday that'll happen. Well, you're not too far away. Not too far. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. I sincerely appreciate this. No, absolutely. Again, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's a, it's an absolute honor. And um, uh, I usually start off kind of reminiscing a little bit on where I meet, where I first met my guests. Um, with, with some of them, I've had the privilege of actually having met them in person. Uh -huh. uh, in our case, it's um, just been me fanboying you mostly. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Oh goodness! Yes. For lack of, for oh, lack of wow. a better term, I've been following your work for a couple of years now. I'm, I'm a member. Well, thank of you. The, thank you very yeah. much. No, no. Uh, thank you. Uh, I've been um, uh, subscribing to a couple of courses on GMB as well. And as I probably told you on my way mail, I'm, I'm a severe uh, obesity survivor who got into. Uh, kind of managed to uh, figure out solutions for himself, sans meds or surgery. Yes. Good. Great, yes. And uh, I'm also, a, uh, very, I'd like to think uh, um, in a similar camp uh, wherein I'd like to think of myself as a proponent of longevity being very different than what it's usually portrayed as in mainstream society. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually a huge thing for me right now um, in my personal life. And that is uh, longevity. I think it's fabulous, but... I'm actually more focused on health span mm -hmm. and being able to not just live long, but live as well as possible. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's great to hear that we are on the same page there. So, Absolutely. I think uh, there are so many myths that uh, someone like you and your um, company, GMB, uh, have been very successful in busting. So um, where do we best start? Where, where would you say your journey with regards to the, this mission of yours or purpose, whichever, depending on whichever label, I mean, it's actually silly to slap labels on things like these, but where do you think this journey of yours to be that warrior for, you know, longevity and doing it right started? Well, I, I, I will honestly say I had no idea that I was going to be where I am today. No one knows that, of course, where they're going to be. But in terms of like, you know, me waking up and saying, oh, wow, I'm actually kind of where I've always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. has been more of a recent thing, if you will, at least in the past few years. Um, this year, especially, I, I feel good. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that things around me are, you know, 100% wonderful in the world but i think that i i, I truly do um as i approach 50 this year uh, 50 years old i i truly am finding myself happier mm -hmm. and um even more comfortable in my skin 
Um, I, I, I would say definitely though, it's, is this is one thing that started back when I was very, very young when I first started gymnastics. And so everything that I've done since then with gymnastics and my martial art, um, has all led to this. And, you know, the interesting thing is, uh, is I fought that for many years, like we all do, mm-hmm. unless we truly, truly know what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, until truly, I think this the past couple of years that I've actually embraced um, this, if you will. And I, I, I'm being quite vague, I realize, but um, I think simply as a, as a coach, I have been a coach, if you will, an instructor um, of, I, we don't, I don't like to say fitness because there's always, as you mentioned earlier, like a label, if you try and put a label on it, then the person is only going to see what they want to see through their rose colored, you know, rose tinted glasses. So, um, and this is the one thing I, that I really want people who are, using GMB to realize is that it's not about me. It's 100% about what you can get out of it for yourself. And so this is why I'm very much um, against, I will say this, I am against people trying to compare themselves to other people. And I really, really want um, those that train in GMB to to understand that you know mm. how can GMB better help you for the things that you want in your life? That's all I'm concerned about, and so that's why you know we have a kind of a joke in GMB, which is not really a joke, but no tattoos, uh, you know, no no GMB tattoos, and um, it's a funny story because. Oh, I don't know how many years ago it was. Let's say maybe eight years ago. Um, a few of my GME trainers um, got together and they actually uh, made fake tattoos and and tried to pass it off to me as real. And I kind of freaked out because I was like, "What did you do? Why would you do that?" And and they didn't realize just how like wait, so like with the logo of the company on it? Yeah, it was the oh, GME logo. They got it on their arms. <laughs> And, you know, I love them to death they're, and they're, they were just, you know, having fun with me, but they didn't realize just how upset I, 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 I would get into so their, like, no, no, Ryan, they're fake. I promise. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, wow. oh my goodness. You know, and, um, oh, I'm not against tattoos or anything like that. I'm just saying that to, 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 you know. Again, it should be about you. And so um, even my trainers, uh, you know, because we have an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for those of uh, my wonderful trainers, I always tell them, you know, the GMB method is simply a tool to allow you to share in your own voice what you can do to help other people. Beautiful. And again, it's not – there are no scripts. There are no um, – um, I mean, we have like, you know, of course, um, cues and certain things that I use in order to make it easier for people mm-hmm. to uh, more efficiently, I hope, and actually more quickly gain a better understanding of their own body to mm-hmm. to use what we have as the AAA framework, which is where you assess where you are in your body, you address 
the particular issues that you have based upon your goals, and then you apply the necessary protocol that you need for you. So um, this also, you know, this protocol also comes back to uh, my business partner, Jarlo, um, and uh, being a physical therapist, of course. And so for those of you listening to this, you might go, oh, that sounds a lot like, you know, physical therapy or anything, you know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't create anything new. <laughs> um, you know, I like to say this about movement. Um, there's no new movement under the sun. I, I look at GMB and the movements that we're teaching the same way that I look at music and that you first need to learn the notes you need to learn the if you play guitar, for example, you need to learn, you know, not just the chords, but the hand positions. You need to learn to feel comfortable and first get into a comfortable position to be able to play those notes. And so a lot of people say, well, you know, you look at the notes, then you look at the chords and then you play songs. But I think it's just much deeper than that. And there's so much in there. And so I look at it that way as term of music. And you have to have that foundation, but you have to first feel comfortable with that foundation so that you can eventually play the music that's your own. So it needs to be an expression of your own because, Mm. you know, even if we're playing the same guitar, the sound that is going to come out of that guitar is going to be different when I play it compared to when you play it. And likewise, that's how I view movement. And so we're all different. And what I'm showing in GMB or what, my trainers are showing or anybody else in GMB is showing is simply an example. And so if you were to try to compare yourself to what I'm doing, then kind of missing out, I believe, on the goodness that that can be found. This is something I think about a lot recently. This is why I'm talking so much about it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's just, it, again, I think, you know, coming back to actually looking at health span, um, what we were talking about earlier is a big thing is finding what works for you. Mm-hmm. And and really, to be honest, cutting out all of the other stuff that's not working for you. Just because someone tells you that you should be doing something doesn't actually mean that it's going to be good for you. So true. This is really what I'm trying to get at with this. And so that's why um, GMB, you know, now it's not about the movements, to be honest. It's about the method and being able to see if this method is going to help you to find what is going to be good for you. And so this is why it's very difficult to actually pinpoint exactly what we do in GMB. You know, it's, you know, I teach GMB fitness. And they're like, well, what is that? And it's like, mm, you got an hour to explain <laughs> it. You know? So um, we've been around for over 10 years and we're still trying to figure out our elevator pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it all does come back, and we look. We want everyone to have the physical autonomy mm-hmm. to be able to be comfortable in the body, to be able to do the things in our life that they want to do without fear of pain, and um, yeah, to be able to do it as long as they want. And that's fantastic. You kind of nailed it all right off the bat from the very beginning. <laughs> I'd like to rewind a little to how you um, talk about fitness and the label and the associations people tend to have with that. And the fact that you prefer averting that if possible. I'm so with you there. I think one of the first questions I ask my clients, our trained musicians and artists, is what do you even think fitness means? That's the first question I literally ask them. And nine times out of ten, they'll be talking about people in loud lycra clothes, you know, (laughs) pumping weights like a moron in a gym with really questionable taste in music. Yeah. And... um, um, which is 
an absolutely fine practice to do, by the way, if that is really your true calling, just to clarify. But uh, needless to say, a lot of people I work with are, you know, the sensitive type artists and don't feel comfortable in an environment like that to start off with or even aiming to do what they see people around them doing in an environment like that. Yeah. And it's yeah. just so sad. The collateral damage is their motivation. They just quit before they've even started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is why I think when I discovered your site, um, it, it just resonated completely. And by the way, by the time I f uh, found out you play guitar, by the way, I was not surprised at all. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, that, that totally makes sense from, you know, the kind of philosophy uh, this gentleman talks about. It totally makes sense that he's a musician as well. And especially, I mean, you used the terminology finding your own voice. Yes. We talk yes. A, yes. a lot about that in music because, you know, as a musician, that, that is your ultimate purpose, really, you know, your little signature. And I think that applies to all arts, including the physical arts, where you know, everybody is literally unique. And um, yes. that journey in figuring out what your language of physical expression is, is just so unique. And I'm just so thankful for uh, folks like you who are really putting that message out there. It, it's not funny how, how less it gets talked about. I see changing trends, but to the best of my experience, 95% of fitness trainers out there are still doing pretty much the same thing that was talked about 20 years back. Yeah, yeah. There's, you said just so many good things in there. Um, first off, thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. No, thank you, man. There's coming back to the first thing that you you spoke of, and that is, um, what do you feel that fitness is when you ask your client and your and your students? So, my question that I always or we actually ask in GMB is, what do you want to be fit for? Mm. And so, by by reframing reframes are something that we use a lot in GMB, and so reframing mm. it in order to help yourself basically to ask the ultimate question, and that is why. Ah, bingo. If you don't have that why, and this goes for fitness, this goes for um, when you're learning to play music or, or learn a new language, why are you doing this? The, the clearer you can become with your why, well, for one thing, it's going to allow you to figure out what you can say no to. And so a lot of people are trying to figure out what they should do. What I like to look at, though, is figure out what I don't need to do. Mm. And so when you understand that, no, I don't have to do this, therefore, you can spend all your time on doing the things that are left. To me, that's freedom. And so... If you, if you step back and truly ask yourself, what do I want to be or need to be fit for? Beautiful. And when you do that, again, it just frees things up. It's, it's, it's you know, because I, I just love music. I absolutely just love music. That's how I met my wife as well, you know, through music. But really? It, That's amazing. Yes. So I, I played guitar in a blues band here in Osaka, Japan. And I actually stepped away from the band because um, work was getting my, – my real job mm -hmm. uh, was, was getting busy. Well, I was still in contact with one of the members of the band, and one of the members was like, hey, we, we have this, this gig coming up, and there's this girl. 
she just came back from living over in New Zealand for a while. And I think you guys are really click. I want to introduce you. And she stepped into the band as the singer. And so she was, she was a singer. And so I actually went to the live, um, the, the concert, excuse me, they call them lives over here in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, concert. And, and, um, wouldn't you know, been married now for, uh, almost 18 years, two kids. So, um, Music. It's like a classic guitar player stole the singer scenario, isn't it? Heck yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, well done. <laughs> that's that's really awesome, though. But but yeah, you know, coming back, if if you don't mind. Um, no, please. So, in looking at if you're just to come back to music. So, for example, let's say that um, you're not interested in. Um, I, I have no idea. Let's say. Um, ska let's say that you're not interested in even blues let's say that all you want to do is play classical guitar mm-hmm. hey cool you now know what you're not going to do so you just focus on that classical guitar okay and so what i'm what i'm getting at is just because someone again tells you that you should be you, you, in order to be strong you need to do bench press um uh, deadlifts back squats and shoulder presses. Mm. Okay, yeah, but but why? <laughs> That's what I want to ask. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah. you want to be strong, right? But what does strong mean to you? What does fit mean to you? And and again, the clearer that you can be on this, then the easier things get. Because again, we're after autonomy, and autonomy to me is looking at the essentials of what's going on, essentialism. What is that that thing that you can focus on that you know if you do this, it's going to allow you to better do the things in your life? And that's really what it's about. So, you know, a great example when, you know, people come to GMB, in the beginning, a lot of people are like, well, I want a handstand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yes, I've done handstands. I've done all this other stuff. But is the handstand really going to help you in your life? It reminds me of people when they say they want six-pack abs. Mm. And I say, okay, if you really want six-pack abs, that's great. But once you get six-pack abs, what then? Exactly. And why do you – what is the underlying reason that you truly want six-pack abs? To be honest, majority of people out there who really say they want six-pack abs and they don't have six-pack abs, there's a feeling that they're after because that's what they want. Mm. So – Yes, I can totally help you get six-pack abs if that's what you want. But more importantly, I want to give you what you need. Right. And that's the, actually the difference between just a trainer and a person who can coach mm-hmm. and lead. Is not just giving the person what they want, but more importantly, what they need. And sometimes even doing that without that person realizing it. Yeah. And so this, however, all comes back down to that why. And once you have that why, it's going to be easier for you to show up and step on the mat and start the training on those days where you might not want to yep. compared to those days where you don't have a concrete why yep. and you're like, yeah, I just, I, I really, I really want X. Okay. Well, why? And so going deeper, peeling back the layers of that onion, mm. this is what's going to allow you to say, okay, cool. I know exactly what you want. Okay. Therefore, you don't need to do this other stuff. Let's just focus on this. Mm. And, and 
of course you will have you know FOMO happening a lot of people are like well if I don't do that I think I'm going to lose my gains or something like that but that's a whole other topic but but really especially in my life right now that's where I am and so I not too often anymore but I still get and they're usually young guys who send me a video and they say hey Ryan can you do this skill you get that really yeah, I'm not so much anymore, but I used to get it quite a bit. Huh. And, um, you know, depending on the thing, typically I'll just go, no. And that's my reply. And they'll, you know, sometimes reply, well, don't you want it? And I'll go, well, no, it's not important to me right now. And so for a lot of people, that, that might surprise them. But again, I'm really focusing on myself. What do I need? And so that to me is, is you know, more important than me just trying to show skills and do different things. Yes, I do that. That's my job. But what I'm getting after is that if I were solely doing things to try to impress people, then, well, one, I don't think I would be a good coach. The Mm. other thing, I would be extremely unhappy. So true. And my body, too, would just be incredibly beat up. So, again, GMB is, is, I would say, quite unique in the sense that, um, yeah, I can do some okay skills okay that's a bit of an understatement just for my audiences you should, make, <laughs> you should please go check right now but being very modest here but yeah I, i've spent quite a few years yeah i've spent quite a few years doing this stuff you know fair but, play but yeah yeah okay you know, moving on <laughs> but the thing is, you know that i'm getting at is that um i do them in a way that's good for myself and and so um just like i mentioned there are certain things that i just don't do anymore because i'm just not i don't just don't do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one arm handstands, one arm chin ups. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm cool. I don't need to do them anymore. I'm fine, you know. And and some people, oh my goodness, what? Oh, hearsay? You know, no, I was heresy, you know, whatever. But I'm just like, no, nah, it's it's. I'm really just thinking about myself right now. And to be perfectly honest, how can I be a better coach for the people who are in GMB? So. It should never be about me. It should be about how can I better help you. And so that's really my focal point now. So That's very heartwarming. Um, I, I want to, with your permission, I want to dive a little deeper, though. I mean, what you just referred to, it's, it's a very universal, holistic perspective on anything in life, really, not just physical fitness. And it, it speaks for a very specific kind of authentic maturity. Are there any... Uh, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to formulate this question. It's almost like these realizations are the real, are the side effects of a deeper realization. Absolutely. Could you tell us a little more what that deeper realization might have been in your case? Oh, um, wow, there's so much to unpack here. I know, right? I, I, I know. I'm pretty glad no one's asking me this question right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. This, I mean, even today I wrote about a little bit of stuff related to this. I think that, I think that there is, I can only speak to me. Okay. I cannot speak for any other people out there, but in terms of myself, Mm -hmm. I have been so driven my entire life, whether it be my gymnastics um, my martial arts, mm-hmm. um, and 
if you know me, you'll know that I don't do things half-assed. <laughs> um, I believe. You know, I came to Japan for, you know, to go deeper into my martial art. And, wow. you know, hey, I'm going to do these martial arts, so I need to learn Japanese. So I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to go to university in Japan. And, hey, I'm going to work in Japan. And, hey, I'm going to continue and, you know, work at a martial arts hall you know and and um you know if i'm going to do this martial art i want to be as good as i can so i'm going to compete you know and i ended up competing on the on the judo team here at the osaka um police station and wow you know i mean i only say this because it's kind of leading to where i'm going with the story and it's it's i have this just sounds horrible because it really just sounds like I'm bragging. And I promise it's not this. I'm, I'm getting to a point here. Um, no, you actually don't sound like you're bragging at all. I hope not. I hope not. That actually helps me a lot. Gives me even more insight. So, you know, over the years of just studying so many different things, um, <laughs> quite a few black belts. But but here's the thing about that, though, is that I've realized that the majority of the stuff that I've done was because I was chasing the next thing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> trying to prove to other people that I was worthy, but what actually what it was, was the fact that I didn't feel confident in myself and I didn't feel worthy in myself. Mm. And, and so, you know, finally getting to that point in my life where, you know what? Um, I now have the confidence, but confidence is created through experience, mm. through trials and tribulations, failing, exactly, but still believing in yourself mm. and being open to learning to those experiences. Mm. And so there's that difference between being cocky and confidence. Exactly. And I will say I'm extremely confident in a lot of the things I do, whether it be the martial art, whether it be the movements. It doesn't mean that I'm done learning, okay? Mm-hmm. But but what it is is I'm at I'm at a point though where I'm confident and I feel that simply trying to chase new skills would actually keep me from learning more about myself and actually being happy in just trying to be a better me, if you will. So rather than me right now, for example, even in my martial art, trying to do all the latest, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu techniques and things out there, Mm. I'm simply trying to take the game that I have and polish it up to the point where it just flows, really. That's what I'm after. And does that mean that I'm going to be world champion? Heck no. I understand that. And that's the other thing, too, is I competed for so many years, like in judo and things like that, that I have no desire to compete against an opponent right now. The only person I'm competing against is myself Mm -hmm. and trying to be just a tiny bit better than I was yesterday compared to years ago where I was trying to get to black belt, third degree or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I really care zero zero in terms of getting a belt um winning or or anything like that i know that i'm all over the place but i'm really trying to like (laughs) not at all not at all you know i I, I was 
I was hanging on to every word, actually. <laughs> Trying to explain this where I am right now. And so I think that, you know, again, I have so much to learn still, so much to learn. And again, being able to strip away the fat and look at the essential things that are important to me in my life. And this goes for everything I do. This goes for the way I work out now. I, I, I focus on a very small number of movements. I have a routine that I pretty much follow every single day. Um, pr pretty much every single day. Like my morning routine is set. My evening routine is set. And what I found was that by sticking with this routine and actually being satisfied with the things that I have, maybe I should say continuing to want the things that I have, it's allowing me to actually have a better understanding of myself and also further appreciate what I have, but also understand that as I'm getting older, if I can continue to do the things that I'm doing currently right now, that means that my health span will increase. And that means that um, I do believe that I will be, I don't want to say satisfied, but I do believe that I can be a happier, better person down the road for my family, for, you know, the people who depend on me to be there for them. That is so fucking inspiring, man. <laughs> yeah, I never, I didn't, had no idea we we're going to be talking about this. And, I'm, you know, but I mean, that's, that's, that's where my brain is right now for, for this year. And, and, and again, like, Thank you, COVID. COVID was horrible for everyone. I understand this, but COVID really allowed me the opportunity to, one, not travel, mm -hmm. which actually was great because I was able to actually get into a routine and, and spend a lot of time looking inside and saying, what do I truly need? Not just what I want, but what do I, what do I need? And through being so busy and everything else going on, I realized I wasn't actually taking the time to listen to what I needed, which is hilarious because this is what I tell everybody. It's like the doctor who smokes but tells everybody else they shouldn't be smoking, right? Well, that's my so, dad you're talking about, by the way. You literally <laughs> just described him. Really? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> he, he still does 40 hours a week at 75 at the hospital still. Why? Yeah, yeah. And, and smokes, like, oh. smokes like five cigarettes a day or more. Yep. That's so... That's that's so funny, man. I I just say funny because he'll probably live to like a hundred years old. Too, probably, right? probably, yeah. Chances are, and 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 everyone thinks, and he's like ripped. He's got he's got like an ectomorphic frame. So uh, that's uh, that that just adds to the humor of things. <laughs> but uh, not not to uh, not to digress too much. But um, yeah, that 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 is. Thank you for sharing that, Ryan. I sincerely appreciate that. Well, thank you. I have not shared that with anybody. So there you go. So uh, a very deep dive into the mind of Ryan right now and the heart of Ryan. So, yeah. Well, this podcast thanks you big time for choosing this platform to share <laughs> that deep dive. Uh, this some, I can pretty much relate to everything you um, just said, both as a musician and a practitioner of what it is, whatever it is I practice physically. But um, it's just like a universal template that works for all mindsets towards mm. life uh, which is described I feel like and please correct me if I'm wrong it's like um, it feels like like a, a, an era of contemplation on how to ap apply all the gathered skills in a manner where it just flows effortlessly I know that sounds exactly. cheesy but 
No, but but that's kind of yeah, and and I yeah, and that's why I didn't want to say flow because I felt the same way. It does sound cheesy. I think um, it's similar to you know when I when I when I presented my idea for Elements, which is one of our programs in GMB, to Andy and Jarlo, I said, "Hey guys, there's just these three main movements," and they're mm. like, "What? Like what?" And I'm like, "Hear me out. Just hear me out." Okay. But my thinking on this is like, you know, over the years, I just keep coming back to this. And maybe it's because of the books I read. You know, one of my favorite books is a book called Essentialism, mm. um, which is just looking at like, what is the one thing that you can do that's going to have the biggest a- impact across the board for the other things? Who's that book? And um, it's by Greg. Um, Oh my goodness gracious! Now you put me on the spot. Sorry, and I sorry, forgot. sorry, sorry. That's that's all right. Look up essentialism. Uh, yeah. Look it up. Essential. It's Greg. I don't want to say his name wrong. Pardon me for forgetting. That's okay. Your name, it's Greg. essentialism uh, by Greg. So I'll, uh, there you go. Yeah, that's what I Google's there for. Yes. <laughs> but but really looking at um, let me give an example. So what is or what are the essential movements where by focusing on those movements and getting really, really good at them, it will allow you to see variations of that and be able to link those together into to patterns that feel that they're happening effortlessly effortlessly, because you've spent so much time getting so good at those essential movements and practicing linking those together. So to give an example, let's say that and, – and this is – I'm not saying that this is the ultimate way to do this, but just hear me out. So let's say that you have the basic um, – let's come back to guitar and let's just say you have the G. Let's mm-hmm. say you have the D and you mm-hmm. have a C chord. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right. What if you were to just look at just let's say the basics? So you're down there on, you know, looking at third fret from third fret and, you know, maybe the G, C, D and just going back and forth and just getting so good. But not just playing those together, but playing them with different strumming patterns, mm-hmm. but then also looking at going not just in order, but how are many how are, how many different ways can you mix that up okay get just really really good at that okay now let's take those three chords and let's see how many different places you can play that up and down the fretboard so you know like if it's a c instead of playing on a c you know you jump up there seven and ninth fret right and you're playing c's up there so you know where that lives now mm. then you can do the same with the d and you whatever okay you can do an open g or you can do you know a bar g or something like that but what you're doing is you're actually limiting yourself and putting yourself in a box if you will and getting so good at just these three things that when you decide to add something to that or do a variation of it, it just becomes natural. It's also teaching you the fretboard. It's also teaching you strumming patterns. You're also getting good at being able to improve dexterity of your fingers so that then later, maybe if you want to add in an F, you'll go, oh, wow, I got this. 
So it's not like you're learning something just 100% brand new. You've mm-hmm. already got the ability so that you're capable of taking something new and plugging it in there and having it work right away. Bingo. So, so this is how I'm thinking about or, and do think about pretty much everything. Um, I love learning languages. I've been really, really deep into Spanish for the past two years. Amazing. How many do you speak? I'm curious. Japanese, English? Uh, just three languages. And, you know, I speak English as my first language, kind of. Not very well, but I speak English because <laughs> yeah, I'm from the Midwest of the United States. Sounds great to me. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, Japanese and um, and then uh, Spanish now. So uh, I'm very happy to say that that um, I'm starting to feel confident in my Spanish. But um, with my Spanish is a great example of a of of that where if you're looking at a language, of course, you're not just going to jump in and just be able to speak a language. It's a matter of, you know, of course, there's so many different things going on. And that is, you know, first feeling comfortable with a certain thing. And so I think a lot of people, and this goes for fitness and everything, is they feel so overwhelmed because, for one, they're not clear in their why. But the other thing is that they're focusing on so many different things at the same time. They're not allowing allowing themselves to get really good at one thing Mm. and understanding that by getting really, really good at one thing – it's training you to be able to add other things in there faster. So, you know, if we're looking at language, let's say you you take the the 30 or even let's say the 50 most used verbs and you look at regular, irregular, stem change, and then the ones that are outliers on there. Okay, so you've got these verbs. And so you know, and you just look at being able to um, – conjugate these verbs in the um, present tense. And Mm -hmm. that's all you do. And you get really good at being able to look at that and actually use those in sentences. And this is the other thing that I want to say too. And this is for language, but I think it applies to everything. Always learn in context. Oh God, so true. Right? So if you were to say, this is a B note on the guitar. And you'd be like, Mm. okay, great. And then you show um, a C up the fret and then you show an A somewhere else and you go, go back and show me a B. And you're like, well, I don't remember, okay? It's just like vocabulary. And so Mm. my feeling on language is that you shouldn't be learning vocabulary as single words. Learn those in context. And the other thing about that is being able to learn in a way where there's no pressure and by when you have no pressure and no expectations to be perfectly honest, you're more apt to get that and recall that later. Movement is exactly the same. If I were to put you in a class with a bunch of people who have been doing something um, way longer than you have Mm. and say, okay, just try this without properly assessing your your level and saying, hey, we're going to start here, and all I want you to do is just focus on this right now, okay? That's all you got to do. Yeah. You just took all the pressure off of this person to perform. Yeah. And this is where people mess up because 
you know. Yeah, you, that's my first jujitsu school. That's literally what happened to me. I mean, I love my coach to bits, but literally, I was just. But that's everywhere with jujitsu. Yeah, just put in a room with competitive, semi-professional martial artists, and I'm like, it's horrible. Okay, I am. I'm third number two hundred here today. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 this, I tell you what, you just open up a bag of worms with me because <laughs> this, this is this really really gets at me. And you know, yeah, me too. Throwing you into the jujitsu class, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a rant. No, please do, please do. Throwing, you know, the warm ups are horrible. You know, yeah. typically the warm ups, like how do these make or sense non-existent in worst exactly case or non-existent. Yeah. Here's a single technique. That is similar to like that vocabulary word. Here's a vocabulary word. Okay. I want you to just practice this word. Just practice the word. Mm. Just the word. Just practice this word. Okay. Now we're, we're going to roll. And yeah. so now we're going to talk about things that you have no idea, no right. experience. <laughs> the level is way too high for you. And by the way, don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> All the best with that. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I don't know. This is just something over the years that I've been very lucky that I've had wonderful, wonderful teachers in the martial arts, whether it be my judo, kendo, iaido, shorinji kempo, even my Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I've had a different experience than the majority of people out there. And so uh, I think I've been lucky, but I want to say, okay, luck is through preparation. Nice one. And so I actually searched and made sure that um, – I was in a place that I knew would be, con, you know, conductive and conducive to mm. the way that I wanted to learn. And I think that, again, if we can all take a look and say, OK, why am I doing this? If you know that why, you can search out a mentor, if you will. And this mm. is I, I like this word more so than than a coach, to be honest, because a mentor is is a person who's who where. You want to get there. They've got that experience. Yep. And they've got your best interests at heart, hopefully. And so, you know, really that's that's what I always look for. And so the other thing is being very proactive. I'm extremely proactive kind of person. So I don't do anything passively. I, I really – it's not that I feel that I always need to be in control. It's not a matter of that. But, you know, you decide how your life is going to be. That's it. Period. Tell us a little more, please. This is, this really piques my interest at this point. That fine line between you know uh, neurotic control and proactiveness. Absolutely. Um, give us a few more tips. You know how to best strike that balance. Yes. So, for example, um, so uh, coming back to language, okay, and mm -hmm. this is actually um, quite an easy one for me because I've just been having to go through this recently. So um, there's, and I'm not plugging this site, okay, and I'm not related or getting money from them all, but it's called italki.com. And basically what it is, is, is you can find an instructor on there and there's all these different instructors mm -hmm. and, um, learn from them. So I always do my research. This is huge for me. I research and just like try and learn as much about a certain thing as possible and as, and a person as possible. So I did the same thing when I was doing judo and everything like that. Now, I do a first class, and I just use that as an assessment. Mm -hmm. And so that first class for me is just to kind of feel that, feel out that instructor. And the reason for this is, is because I want to be in control of who's teaching me and know that I'm safe so that I can let go 
and allow myself to make the mistakes that I know I need to make in order to learn. Mm. And so this is the difference between thinking that you need to be in control all the time. Right. And that is being controlled to get you into a place where you know you can be safe and let go. And so this is directly related to any martial art. So the best way, I think, in order to find a really good club or or dojo or, or gym, whatever you want to call it, is go and first just watch, but more so than the instructor, watch how the the students interact with each other. Mm. And also look at how the higher belts interact with the lower belts. Good one. That will tell you a lot. The reason why it's always going to be top down. Well, for the majority of the time, it's going to be top down. So the way that the students interact with each other is going to be based upon how that teacher has interacted with the students generally. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always been my way to go and kind of test out that way. Now, I've gone, um, you know, for example, when I was in Hong Kong, like teaching in Hong Kong and I did some drop-in classes and things like that. I lucked out that the people there were super cool. Turns out the instructor was just super cool too, and that's why. And so being able to be in a place where you feel safe, and I can't say this enough, where you feel safe is huge. Yeah, thank you. And so I think that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're doing yoga, if you're doing Zumba, if you're, if you're, I, I have no idea like what you want to do. Like our listener, you know, the listeners out there, but find a person that's going to let you be yourself so that you can get really, really good. And what do you control? You control for one, being able to say, no, this mm. is huge too. Mm. Being able to say, no, this person and this place is not the kind of place where I want to be. Yes, exactly. Right? Then say no. It's just like when I, you know, my wife and even my daughter, it's like if you're in a building and you're waiting for the elevator and the doors open up and there's a guy in there and you just have this feeling like I don't want to be in there with that guy, don't ride. You owe that person nothing. If, oh, I might offend him if, no, it doesn't matter. This is your life. Gold nuggets. Right. You decide your life. And so saying no, I think, you know, you don't need to even say it verbally, just in your mind, Mm. you know, say, okay, what's that gut feeling telling you? No. There are times, of course, like, you know, where I go in there, try it a little bit. Let's say that you go into, just because we were talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but let's say you go in there and, and you're in the beginning. And then after like a couple of sessions or something, you're kind of like, you know what? I think I might have made a mistake. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, maybe go one more time. Okay. Just to make sure. Mm-hmm. But if you are pretty positive you made a mistake, you don't owe them anything. I mean, you might owe them a month's worth of like club fees or something like that. But hey, get out of there. Yeah. Money's not worth being uncomfortable. And, and feeling like crap. So, so that's true. the one thing in my life, and this is really what I'm trying to get with my kids, is that is you are in control of every single situation. It doesn't mean that you're literally in con- con- control and can change it, mm-hmm. but what you are in control of is the way that you act and you react and the way that you view the situation in your mind. And so you true. are in control of that. 
And so that's, that's, that is huge for me. And I made a lot of mistakes over my life. Well, no, let me rephrase that. I've learned a lot from what has happened by me not truly listening to my inner voice over the years. Mm. And it's helped me a lot. But now if something comes up and I'm just like, nope, I'll just straight out just say no. For example, for this podcast, I could have just said, nope, thanks. No. But I had this good feeling. I was like, you know what? This sounds really good. So to me right now, to be perfectly honest, this is another thing from the book Essentialism. Mm -hmm. Is it a hell yeah? And if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. Nice one. And so that that's how I make a lot of decisions nowadays. A lot. So. Well, to start off with, thanks again that you came on in that case. <laughs> I'm super stoked, <laughs> by the way. And man, every single little bit of what you just said is just like resonating in every part of my body right now. And uh, you know what's funny? All of what you just said applies not just to martial arts or joining a dojo, but it applies to any form of art, education, anything. I mean, I, this is, I mean, some of the stuff you said, it's literally exactly what I say to some of the musicians I work with or counsel, like, do not sign up, out of, I don't know, for a band or an institute or a course where you don't feel safe. Safety is priority one. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. The one thing I've noticed is that that skill to even identify whether or not one feels safe or not is in itself something that's something lacking. Yes, and and this is this is the thing is that how do we teach this to our children? Exactly, you know, discernment and. It, and, and that's what it is. And, and, and this, to be perfectly honest, is a big reason why I've spent so much time in my life in the physical realm mm -hmm. and learning more about what my body is capable of mm -hmm. so that I know exactly what it's not capable of. And this is the other thing with GMB that we talk about. It's learn what you're not capable of. If, if, if you're fine with that and you don't need it, cool. One less thing to think about. Mm. But, but I will say that there, I'll plug another book. I really think this book is great. It's called, it's called Tough. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the I don't know the, the, the full, it's like building true mental, I can't remember. Anyway. But um, I'm going to look up the name of the guy real quick here because I don't want to falter on this guy's name as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy's name is Greg, too. Greg Everett mm -hmm. uh, is his name. And tough, toughness for success and for fulfillment. The stuff he says in there is it's it's great. Like, I really believe, like, people should read this because a lot of people – they look at what they think tough is and it's just like tough guy and this big guy and you know, mm. everything. No tough is having the confidence to be able to truly know yourself and truly handle yourself Dang. in the situations that arise by again, having the experience because you took the time to understand what was lacking and what you needed and you practiced, you, 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 you failed, you learned from it, you continued to do it and got to that point where the particular situation you're going into, you won't freak out because you've been there before. Mm -hmm. And so that's that, unfortunately, is something we don't see a lot with the world right now. 
Right. And exactly. You know, I, I don't want to go too deep into you know. No, I hear you. I hear, you. and I, I can perfectly understand why. Yeah. But, but you know, for my son, for my, for my kids, and everything, I just, I want them to be tough. And again, it's not tough to me. It's not beating up, beating up a person or fighting. No, it's actually, to be honest, tough to me is, is having the skills to be able to defend yourself, but not using them because you realize that it's not an appropriate moment to do that. Bingo. To me, that is tough. And, and, and knowing, truly knowing and having the confidence, even when somebody's in your face, to just go, Hey man, listen. I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. Even if it wasn't yours, but wow. just have that confidence to be wow. able to just say, you know what, this isn't worth it. You know, and wow. and and maybe so. This sorry. One more thing, and then I'll move on. No, please. This is similar to like when I'm rolling with with guys, and they need to win. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know get on the mat and um i don't roll hard at all anymore and some people be like well dude you know those are the people that i like don't want to roll with to be honest so Mm. anyway again you know my many many years of judo and competing and and just all this stuff i'm just like whatever anymore okay so we get on the mat and it's always a guy it's never a female that i roll with it's always a guy and they just have something to prove Mm -hmm. well you know what if they need to win so badly, I'll make them work for it, but I'll let them, you know, I'll tap. And nice. then I'll say, hey, did you get it out of your system? And, and that's usually when we can have a, a little quick conversation. And I'm like, did you get that out of your system? I'm like, we cool? And he's like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize I was going so hard or something like that. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, cool. All right. And then I'll, then I'll really start going. Mm-hmm. And so for me – you know, of course, I'm going to protect myself. And if I'm up against somebody who's just – I'm just way out of my league, of course. I mean, whatever. But typically, if that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a black belt. You know, if it's in judo, it's another black belt. And that just doesn't happen. And so there's this, you know, communication happening on the mat where there's this – where it's it's more along the lines of you make it hard on the other guy, but you're not trying to kill the other guy, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And so, you know, I saved that for other times when I truly, truly need it. But anyway, uh, Essentialism, the book, Greg McEwen. McEwen. Greg, I Greg think McEwen. I said that right. Uh, M-C-K-E-O-W-N. Probably said it incorrectly. I apologize, but that's his name. Definitely going to make a note of that. Thanks for sharing what you did with regards to the rolling, by the way. It reminds me of... Uh, you know, it, you, it's like you know that dude you described who uh, you know insists on rolling hard and getting shit out of his system. Sounds like the <laughs> quintessential uh, white belt three stripe phenomena. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And you know the colored belts. If you're looking at blues, yeah. you know purples. Purples, you do find that every once in a while. And the reason why is because you know it's that intermediate stage, and it's just kind of like ah, oh, you know, they just feel kind of like they're on the cusp of like mm. the tipping point, if you will. But but the cool thing about that is typically uh, the level of control is completely different. And so, um, yeah, the club that I'm with, we actually no one under purple belts right now. So, mm. so and um, 
It's it's lovely. I I tell you what, I just absolutely love it. Whole other topic, but you know, when it comes to sparring, uh, when I'm sparring, uh, I don't spar too much anymore. When it comes to uh, stand up stuff uh, mm-hmm. with judo and things like that, but it's always with my buddies. Uh, if I do go do a little bit of sparring, it's always with uh, the guys from my old club. And um, we're getting older now, and we're not trying to crush each other, so it's just a lot of fun. And really, that's kind of what I'm after. But yeah, anyway. Beautiful. Rambling there. Apologize. No, 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 no. Please, uh, gosh, absolutely not. Please don't apologize. Oh, so many gold nuggets there. I have one last question to this topic we were just t- talking about before I move on uh, to something I want to pick your brain on, and I want to respect your time as well. We're almost at an hour at this point, I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I'm having fun. So yeah. Me too. Um, it's uh, so for uh, for beginners who are trying, you know, uh, who are doing with martial art what you're doing with Spanish, for example, starting off, wanting to learn a new skill and yeah. uh, end up meeting the dude, the the aggressive dude who wants to prove a point or has a bad day, how would you suggest they handle it? Because they, I mean, and I know from my experiences, I get carried away with my own ego uh, and I'm like, Whoa, what the hell, you think you can just do this to me and I'm going to try, you know, I, I get kind of, yeah. I get caught up in his mess. Absolutely. And, uh, and and totally fall for it. Needless to say, I don't have the skills of a pur- of a brown or a purple belt to really kind of handle myself appropriately. Yeah. So what, what would your tips be for beginners who have no aspirations of practicing a martial art competitively, but want to do this for their for, for a better lifestyle, for their health, Absolutely. Uh, and still find themselves confronting dudes like that? Absolutely. So, so there's a few things. And I do understand that we don't always have the opportunity to pick who we're training with. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned earlier, we do have the ability to view how we react and act to that. So here's what I have to say. If this is a perfect world and, and, and like situation, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't be rolling you wouldn't be thrown into a um, high-level Spanish-speaking class or anything like that mm. until you learn how to protect yourself. Mm. And so to me, this this is huge. So let me give an example using GMB, okay? Yeah. Let's say you come to GMB and you want to learn the handstand. So first off, we're going to do an assessment. I'm going to take a look at your wrists and take a look at your shoulders and just to make sure that, you know, they're at a place where you can start practicing. Mm. So then what we're going to do is we're going to work on a cartwheel. You might be saying, hold on, I'm here to work on a handstand. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But we're going to get really good at a cartwheel. (laughs) The reason why is because the cartwheel is a bail. The bail is what's going to keep you from landing on your head or your back when you eventually start working on the handstand. Nice. And to be honest, the more volume that you put in and repetitions of learning this skill, there's two things that are going to be happening. You're actually working on strengthening the straight arm position, which is going to help your wrists, it's going to help your elbows, it's going to help your shoulders. It's going to be teaching you spatial awareness as well. But more importantly is it's going to help with the fear factor. Mm-hmm. If you know how to protect yourself, then you're going to be more open to being able to 
you know, put yourself in positions that might not feel safe. But you have the ability to know how to bail. You have the skill set to know how to protect yourself. Mm. So it's okay. With that in mind, the way that we actually teach, um, um, so I actually, I teach once a week here. Um, mm-hmm. I have a white belt class that I teach. And uh, we don't roll. We don't roll until they know how to protect themselves and they drill patterns. Mm. So I didn't say techniques. I said patterns. And the reason for that is it's like learning that single vocabulary, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's move beyond that. Let's actually learn how to move better in positions so that later when we actually introduce a particular vocabulary word, you're able to apply that and see how it relates in that particular sentence or that movement pattern that you've been working on. Context. Context. It's all context and it's comprehensible input. So what we're doing is we're not showing you a new thing every single week like the majority of places out there because they show it. You do it maybe for like 10 minutes with a partner. You go and you roll and you end up not using that technique because it doesn't work that way. And so what we do is we look at a pattern and then we drill that pattern and drill it in a way that is at a comprehensible input of a level. So what this means is that looking at intensity, but then also the partner is doing it in a way that allows you to practice that. And then we slowly, slowly start increasing the intensity. And all this means though, is that the person on the bottom, when they're focusing on how to defend themselves and the person on top is working on pass, it starts to ramp up to the point where you end up sparring that Mm. in a way where you have put in enough repetitions in the volume so that when you're doing it, the technique actually happens, then the only thing that's left is the timing. And so that's what really I feel that rolling and sparring, you know, is so beneficial is that it teaches you timing. Beautiful. It teaches you timing. And so the thing is, is like I mentioned earlier though, if you don't have the wherewithal, if you don't know how to protect yourself, if you don't know how to move your body and you're just thrown into the shark tank, Mm. bad things happen. So what we're trying to do is build people up to the point where once they are actually sparring, then they can do it in a way where, um, again, they can focus on a particular thing that they've been working on and not just try and throw Hail Marys and go for the neck or whatever and just do random excuse me for cursing, but random shit that's going to possibly hurt their opponent, their partner. Mm. And the thing is, you hurt your partner, then you don't have anybody to practice with. So so that's how I look at that. And so, you know, everything, it doesn't matter, you know, protect yourself, okay? Uh, don't ever go into an interview blind. Yeah. That, you know, I, I, I researched you. Really? Of course. <laughs> this is me protecting myself. Oh, I'm, I, I kind of feel honored. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, 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 no, but, but, you know, I mean, this is what I, you know, referenced earlier. And that is, um, you are only responsible for yourself in the sense that Indeed. 
you're the only one who can protect yourself to be perfectly honest. So true. And so, and so if you don't learn to say, okay, um, I don't know, random, I, I, let me just think of, uh, I, I have no idea. Like, let's say that, um, I'm, I'm trying to be nice and I'm just going to freaking say it. Okay? No, please do. This is the place to do it. People are too passive nowadays. Yeah. They're too passive. Passive in the sense that, that they don't take responsibility, one, for their actions, but they don't take responsibility for their life. Mm-hmm. And something happens and they end up going and suing someone for something that happened, which doesn't make sense at all because had you actually done your research – and looking at it and the point of view is how can I take care of myself in case something happens? It wouldn't happen, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, – and sorry I, to, to bring that up, but this is how I feel about a lot of things nowadays. Ownership. Ownership, man. And, yeah. and, and that entitlement to me is just like, are you kidding me? I, you know, Living in Japan and looking at some other countries from the outside mm-hmm. has been one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Yeah, I can imagine and and again, I'm not trying to say I'm better than anyone. Please, please don't think that. It's it's, you know, I'm just saying that for me personally, if I'm going to do something, I never want to go into it blind. Mm. And so that's again like if you're going to martial arts class, you know, and you don't know any Brazilian jiu-jitsu, well, the reason you're going is to learn. But the thing is, is in order to make sure that you're in an environment that's going to be good for you, you first need to do your research and see if that is the place that's going to be good for you. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. That's why you search out, a, you know, not the best, okay? Doesn't need to be the best martial artist, the best music teacher, the best language instructor. It just needs to be a person that you can resonate with and also – let them know what why you're there. Yep. And and that's that's what I mean by protecting because um, I'm not trying to say that we should be on the defensive our entire life. It's simply just setting yourself up for success by doing the research and making sure that you're prepared so that you can start having good experiences to build the confidence. Absolutely. Like musicians say, it's about getting your chops together. You need to get your chops That's together. That's it. For, you know, That's what it is. And, what it is. and sure, and then you let the music flow, but you, you, you know, you got to get your chops together in the beginning. That's right. And, and, and being very specific again, coming back to your why. And it's, it's, that's why in GMB, we say this all the time, but it's, you know, goals are like arms. You can't have more than two. Oh, and nice so, <laughs> you know, it's like if you're trying to do all this stuff, you're not going to be able to do one of those well. So instead of that, hey, let's focus on the single thing. So here's another example right now. So I take a private lesson every single week with my uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructor. So mm-hmm. so this is the other thing is me taking responsibility for myself and and always wanting to learn and continuing to improve. The mm-hmm. thing is, though, is so now we're in April. I'm literally only focusing on one movement pattern. And every time we meet for that hour, that is all we do. And he laughs because he said, you're like so different than everybody else. Because he goes out and teaches all these classes at these different gyms and stuff. And so he's like, I have to teach something different every time because people are like, I want to learn something new, even though they don't have it. You know, they still want that, that sparkly, shiny thing, but mm. I will stick, I will sit on a single movement pattern. And I say movement pattern, not a technique, 
but a movement pattern and explore the crap out of it. Sweet. And just like, okay, we're just going to do this. And then today I'm only doing this. And then next week what I do is I take that same movement pattern and then we look at maybe a slight variation of it or maybe a tweak on it or something like that. And Mm. I want to get so good at that movement that I can't do it incorrectly. That's what I wanted. Amazing. And I do that. I do that in my um, exercise as well. That's how I look at everything. So, am I boring? Yeah, maybe. But I'll tell you what, I'm pretty damn good at the things that I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also the boring part is very debatable. I mean, what you're basically pointing towards is depth. That's it. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. to me, that's sexy. And so other Indeed. people are like, oh my god, that's boring. I've done this movement. And I'm like. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, but do you really like own that movement? And that's what I'm after. Is again, it's not a matter of having to be in control. It's I see so much depth in different things, and every time I come back to the, you know, like in GMB we have what's called the bear movement. Every single time I come back to that, I learn something different. And the reason why is because every day my body's different. Every day my mind is different. I'm in a different place. The thing is too. We never drop down to the basics. So we are always coming back to the basics on a higher plane of understanding. Exactly. And so we have the opportunity to look at a basic movement and a higher level of understanding and Boom. gain more knowledge in order to be better. Not at just that, but to apply that later to the other stuff we're doing. So this is what gets me excited. Boom. If any of my piano students are listening right now, those last four lines are the ones I want you to rewind and listen back to (laughs) and this is a great great time to kind of taper into my uh, specific thing i really want to pick your brain on because it's rare to have someone of your physical uh, experience and training who also happens to be a musician when i as i mentioned earlier when i found out i was quite euphoric because you are literally the first person i've probably met who's qualified to an answer i've been trying to put out there for a while now. Oh my goodness. Well, I hope I can answer it. We'll see. Should musicians work out? Yes, absolutely. Go for it. Um, absolutely. So, yes. So, let's look at it this way, okay? Um, you don't need to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. You don't need to be anything like that. But the more physically fit you are, and I don't even want to say fit, but I think you know where I'm getting, going out with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The better you'll be able to endure and concentrate and put more effort into the mental side of things. Beautiful. And so they both work together. So, for example, I started playing violin when, oh my goodness, when did I start? I, oh, I know exactly when I started. I was a fourth grade. I was in the fourth grade in wow. elementary school. So, and I played all the way until I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what a fourth year, how old a fourth year student is. But anyway, that's a long time. And during that time, of course, I play guitar as well. And so um, imagine a person being extremely weak and trying to play, um, I can't even remember any of my concertos or anything like that, but imagine playing an extended concerto for 20 minutes where you're standing and but you're you're physically weak though mm-hmm. i i guarantee you it's not going to sound it's it might sound good in the beginning 
but it's gradually not going to sound that way. And the reason why is because you'll be forcing it and because you're fighting against that. It's not going to allow your true tone, if you will, to come through. So, so the thing, though, about this is we just need to be careful in protecting the assets. And so in this case, if you're a pianist, then – um, doing single finger pull-ups is probably not a good thing for probably you. So, right? In <laughs> fact, not. it's not good for a lot of people. But, yeah. but really, really take a look at, again, how can you protect yourself while building yourself up? So incremental progression and looking at slowly working into things. And, and this, is, this is key for everything, musicians, language, um, like fitness, everything. Mm-hmm. Don't jump. Don't jump to the next level until you truly, truly are comfortable with that previous progression of whatever you're working on. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it has to be perfect before you move on. There is no such thing as being perfect. It just needs to be good enough to allow you to start practicing that next level. So, so what I mean by this is, for example, let's say that that you're doing push-ups, and um, and I say you cannot go on to the next progression until you're able to do a hundred of something. Okay. Well, that's silly. Also, mm-hmm. it's just, it's stupid. Okay. Mm-hmm. What you need to be able to look at is is this next progression. Uh, do I have the the ability? to move on to the next progression and perform it safely. Mm. And so in looking at music, this is the same thing. If, if you're working on a particular run um, on the piano or something like that, you know, drill that until you just, you've got it down. Because if you go on to the next progression, well, for one, you're going to forget that run that you were practicing before. And as well, the previous run is always going to run or chord progressions, whatever that you're working on, mm-hmm. is going to help you to be able to get that next thing more efficiently. And we talked about this earlier, right? So everything builds upon each other. So even, you know, the physical fitness side of it, you know, if you're looking at doing push-ups or things like that, but you're a pianist, always take into consideration the health of your fingers, wrists, forearms as well as shoulders so they're all related so So, true thanks for saying that man one of the things i used to struggle with a lot is uh, during while at conservatory my teachers would say stuff like oh you shouldn't go work out you shouldn't do you know i've tried working out it was terrible for my pianistic health and i knew in the core of my heart that was uh, in my case that i don't know i mean i shouldn't judge everybody is different literally but i knew that me not working out was not helping at all and contrary sure. to what a lot of people would say, I would actually play better after a workout. And I don't know if I'm an anomaly or not, but uh, one of the major issues I have is this almost this stigma a lot of music teachers seem to have towards exercise. What are your thoughts on this? I can see that. I completely can't. I think like anything, it's how you do it. Exactly. And so, and so honestly, this might sound a little weird, but I don't, well, I do think that certain habits and, 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 um, extracurricular activities can be, um, bad for our health, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, 
like, again, it's how you're doing it. And what I mean by that is, are you focusing on proper posture and position in the movements? Mm. Are you focusing on doing these as beautifully as possible? And what I mean by this is similar to music, not rushing through it, not rushing through it, just trying to get to the next note or the next movement. Mm. Really, truly spending time with a single movement and saying, okay, am I doing this correctly? Am I doing it slow enough where I'm not going to further hurt myself? And as well, if your job is as a musician, don't do something to the point where it's going to hinder your ability to do your job. So, um, you know, it's, um, goodness, I don't even know. Like, um, let's say that I need to teach someone, uh, well, coming back to the violin, mm-hmm. if we're going to play the violin and let's say I go out there and I do just an ungodly amount of shoulder presses, mm. probably won't be able to hold my violin correctly the next day. Well, I might be able to correctly, but not as long as I need to in order to practice. So therefore I can't complete my practice, which is my actual job. So therefore X is bad because it's hindering me. Let me ask you a question here. I'm very curious. Yes. So what about the extra yes. shoulder strength you're building by doing those um, shoulder exercises, which might pay off in the long run? And I'm playing devil's advocate here. Is that a- no, no, no. And I was actually just going to mention that. Yeah. Compared to if you were to actually use incremental progression mm. and you were to start off and just start off at just such a low level that you get the body used to doing that. And then what you do is because you're assessing. This is where you assess. You do something and you just do a little bit of it. Mm. Then you go and you practice your violin and realize, hey, I'm good. So then the next time what you're doing is you're slowly, slowly building up that resilience. You're building up, of course, that strength, the mobility, the control to be able to get to a point where that exercise now is aiding in your performance rather than hindering it. And so that's really what I'm after, and that's that's GMB, to be perfectly honest. So I don't want a person to do GMB and feel bad after their session. I don't like to say workout, I say session, because I think that we should always be practicing. Mm-hmm. But what I do want is that at the end of your session, I want you to feel better. Beautiful. Boom, you, you nailed it, Ryan. Um, for, um, Did I pass? Did I pass? Oh, you're flying color, sir. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the cliched musician who's like, no, I mean, let's just, you know, do rock and roll and, you know, live like we're 18 for the rest of our lives. Heck yeah. So, and uh, for those of us who eventually realize that's a plan that's probably not going to pan out the way we'd hoped, where's the best place to start for someone who's starting off with uh, his, their uh, journey of a physical regimen yeah. after learning the hard way? Yeah. Where's the best place to start, Ryan? Well, um, the best place to me to start is is exactly the same advice that I gave, uh, whether it be looking for a teacher or something like that, mm-hmm. to find a person or a place where you feel comfortable being there. And, you know, if you feel that, then, you know, it's like they say, you'll spend more time there. And, you know, you know, if you spend a lot of time in a barbershop, you're eventually going to end up getting a haircut. So Mm. it's one of those things where 
how comfortable are you being here? Okay, the longer you are there and in, in, in that, mm-hmm. uh, things are going to happen. Now, again, the trouble we see is that a lot of people's, oh, I need to get into shape. I'm going to go run, do 100 push-ups every day, right. squats, all this mm. other stuff. Well, it's insta-worthy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, And what I suggest to everyone is instead of trying to do 100 push-ups every single day, the entry, make it so stupidly easy that it would be ridiculous not to do it that day. This is what I mean. Boom. So many people are like, I'm going to do 100 push-ups for a month. And I'm like, no, you're not, but whatever. So, and I say, well, instead of that, how about you just do two push-ups a day? And they're like, what's the point in that? And I'm mm. like, well, just do two push-ups. And they're like, okay. Boom. The majority of the people are going to get better results. And the reason why is because two push-ups are stupid. It's It's like... If you don't have time to do two push-ups, then like, dude, seriously, right? Yeah. But what always happens is you end up doing more than two push-ups. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you it, your goal is to just do two push-ups. So what that means is that if you had a goal of doing 100 push-ups a day and you're too tired to do those 100, you'll skip it that day. Yeah. But two push-ups, you won't skip. So basically what I'm trying to do is convince you to simply step on the mat. That's yeah. it. Show up. Beautiful. That is that is it. So keep things, you know, at that point. And I think that you can make a lot of progress, but also do it in a way where you still feel good about yourself. Because a lot of people, if they think, well, I didn't do my 100 push-ups today. I'm a horrible person. No, you're not. 100 push-ups is just to be honest, a stupid goal. I mean, that's my opinion. But mine too. I would agree. Make it so stupid easy that it would be silly not to do it. And you know, we had to do this with my kids when they brush their teeth and stuff like that. And so now it's it's a habit, and they do it. Beautiful. Um, I don't like, you know, I don't love taking a cold shower after my bath at night. Uh, mm-hmm. In Japan, we all take baths. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not thrilled getting out of a really hot bath. And finishing off with a two-minute cold shower. But you know what? I start. I get out and I just start, okay? And I just say, all I have to do is I just have to put the water on me. And so my goal is not two minutes. I don't even, like, you know, calculate the time or count the time or anything. It just, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this kind of feels like two minutes. And the thing is, is pretty much all the time I don't want to do it, but I end up doing the whole amount of time and maybe even longer. But nothing good happens unless you start. And the only way to make good things happen is to make it super easy to start. Yeah. And to that way you can continue. And so that's what I mean by stepping on the mat. So Beautiful. I hope that answered your question. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm cold showers, man, game changer. They are. They really are. You always uh, come out a different person than you were when you went in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, they suck, but yeah, hey. they suck and they they rule. Period. It's actually one of the few things I really really miss now in India. I'm really, that's the first thing I'm going to do when I'm back in Berlin. Just take a cold shower. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you just never get the water as cold as you do um, 
Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I mean, there are places where they they do cold dips uh, in in certain cities. Going to be hunting for one. Uh, Not to go off on a tangent. Um, Wow, you you have officially qualified uh, for the intercontinental drive. I've had guests where, like, you know, see, you're the kind of person I want to go on an intercontinental drive with, and just so we could just chat. I hear you, man. That's cool. Yeah, that would be fun. I know, right? Um, speaking of continents, I can't let you go without uh, picking your brain on one last thing because that's another thing you're one of the very few rare people um, qualified to comment on, which is a comparative lens on the effects of cultural differences on exercise, nutrition, and body image. Any thoughts you'd like to share with us with regards to this? I think it's 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 um, both amazing and sad mm-hmm. um, personally to see how much excess is celebrated, mm-hmm. and what I mean is is being bigger, being um, more jacked, um, whatever you know it is, and how different. Yeah, you do see some. Some people who are interested in that sort of compared to the United States, no. And um, of course, you do have the opposite. A lot of very, um, very obese people in the United States as well, as well. But I think though that in terms of the cultural differences, if we're looking at exercise, again, depending on that culture, how do you contribute to society? That's how it used to be. Uh, now is a little bit different, of course, but. I think that a lot of the things, and I'm not trying to say that it was perfect or anything like that, but I just mm-hmm. think that I think we get so caught up in in thinking a certain image, body type. Um, this is the way to eat. Your way of eating is wrong. Mm. Um, why would you not want to look this way? Mm-hmm. Um, this is how we do it here. Why are you not this way? Damn. You know, like that to me, um, honestly, I think it's a matter of insecurity um, when people are trying to push their agenda onto other people. I, I know I sound like I'm pushing my agenda on, you know, people, but what I'm just really trying to get at is that if we could, if we were able to really go inside and truly look at what we want without being bombarded by what other people are showing us on the Instagram, on whatever it is. Mm. I truly, truly think that one, probably be healthier. The other thing is we'd probably be happier. And we probably realize that a lot of the things that are being shown to us and offered to us not necessary and and so um yeah i'm trying to be politically correct here but um it it is a difficult question and culturally too Mm. i i am very lucky to have lived in, in various places and um places with like almost polar differences completely different right an approach to food and body image and within the country as well like living when i went to university up north completely different Mm. than here in osaka osaka is crazy it's just just osaka you know so like crazy the other thing what way i'd be interested like crazy crazy like um 
like uh like the funny like it's just the comedy and just like the the people are completely different than anywhere else in japan they're you know like not in your face like in a bad way sort of but they're like the loud osaka people are kind of like the loud people of japan and Ah. and this is where all the comedians come from and you know the food here is pretty much all um uh um starchy carb type stuff and and um, okay which I don't eat, but that's a whole other topic. But um, yeah, it's it's a fun place, but to be perfectly honest, it can be quite exhausting. Mm. And so um, uh, compared to up north, which is uh, in Niigata, which is in the country in the mountains there, so mm-hmm. so you have that. And so these different cultures within cultures, it just fascinates me to no end. Um, but again, coming back to everything, you know why. Why are you doing this and what do you need to be fit for? And I think if we can really sit down and, and take an honest look, honest look, and, and move beyond thinking we should look a particular way, thinking we should look a particular way, thinking we should act a particular way and just simply say, what is good for me? Um, in, in a way that is not going to, um, you know, be bad for other people. I want to be clear on that. I'm not saying just do whatever the hell you want, but, but really just be cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be cool yeah. and just figure out what's going to be good for you. And I think things would be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you for those two words. Be cool. And um, to clarify, I mean that, that, uh, you know, laying loose, it's, it's something we forget to do. There's just so it much. Is. It really is. It really there's, is. Yeah. there's this atmosphere of pressure exactly. and FOMO. Yes. Thank you. Very, very vital. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. It's been an absolute honor, Ryan. Uh, just a, so a constant stream of gold nuggets, really. This has been one of the most... <laughs> I hope uh, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, you could uh, you could have totally charged me for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's uh, a new one. That's yeah. a new one, yeah. Uh, yeah. At, I mean, that's, the, that's what I love about this podcast. You know, the free education I get with all the amazing guests <laughs> who I get to just hang out with. Uh, I mean... Well, thank yeah. you for being open to me uh, rambling today. So, I appreciate that. I have no idea which part of this conversation you're referring to rambling. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that. Every I was hanging on to every single word. Ninety minutes just flew. Wow! It has been an hour and a half. Wow! I want the guests to be relaxed enough to just take the time, and then we usually edit it down to sixty. But this is going to be a ninety-minute podcast, or at least close to it. Well, that makes me happy. So, yeah, you, sir. no, thank you, sir. You made me very happy, uh, and uh, I'm sure my listeners are going to have lots to take. From, from this conversation so thank you from the bottom of my heart thank you thank you um, FYI I'm gonna stop recording gratitude from the bottom of my heart for listening to the very end please consider taking a minute to subscribe to our show so you know when the next episode is out this is a labor of love one I hope snowballs into one that's sustainable in its attempt to support independent thought and authentic relating and having you as a regular member of our audience is what makes that a realistic prospect. Much love and talk soon. Just another voice out in.